fights off the tackle, and he's in for the touchdown. Can you believe that? Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Titletown Sports Podcast. We are coming at you mostly live from uh, Revival House Recording and Film uh, in celebration of uh, Week 2 Patriots win. And uh, they saved their season, Clarky. Yeah, they sure did. I don't think that's overstating it at all. Couldn't agree more. I think uh, yesterday had the opportunity to be kind of a trap game hell yeah yeah when you look at they were going down to new orleans home opener the good crowd and they were both coming in oh and one but fortunately we're the ones leaving for sure back at 500 yeah i think there was only there was only one outcome that could have been good for the patriots and that is like not i mean winning obviously but not just winning like that that type of win where it's like you show up First drive, touchdown, yeah. second drive, points on the board, and it's like, get in, get a lead early, maintain control of the game, and just, like, be the Patriots and wipe the floor with the team. And, like, I think anything short of that would have been like, oh, fuck, what's happening to the Patriots right now? Yeah, if they had squeaked by, yeah. you know, I don't the know. Saints are that... not good. That's no, not a good certainly not. Team. Not not great start again this year for yeah, them. Yeah, they're bad. That's is... that a full-on bad team. I, I guess you could call last week uh, trouncing? If you will, I you believe might. that is the word you Man, I wonder when that joke's going to die. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this was a good game for them. They did come out. They looked dominant. They looked like the Patriots of old. How we expect Tom Brady to kind of lead an offense. Eh, defense, not so solid. You know, but it's early in the season. And I think in a game like that, you kind of knew it was going to be a shootout. Drew Brees is going to carry the Saints offense. Brady is going to be there to score more points. And he certainly did that yeah and i don't think i mean i think the saints can do one thing at least and that's freaking sling it you know what i mean and it's like they're the second half of that game they're just throwing bombs um and that's kind of their that's that's what they do that's sort of who they are and they're in the dome and they can chuck that thing all over the place drew Brees, as old as he is as old as he is uh can still you know chuck the football 40 yards down the field without all that much thought he's like five five he has to like jump over someone's back to do it, but he hey, can throws do it. between the legs. It's much easier. <laughs> he pitches it, <laughs> yeah. um, so they can do that. And I, you know, I think the defense got exposed a little bit. No high tower in uh, in Sunday's game, so that was continued to be a bit of a factor. But yeah, I mean, I think as a Patriots fan, we should all definitely be satisfied with that win. We can all sort of take a deep breath because if it was close, or God forbid, if they had, had they lost, we would have really been like, wait a minute. You know, a month ago we were talking about nineteen and zero. Yeah. And now zero and two, or even. One and one with eking out a game to a bad New Orleans team like that definitely had some. It was like I think the stakes were high on the on the negative side, but yeah, oh and two there would have been panic in the streets. Though. Oh god, but yeah, I, totally, especially against the crappy Saints team like Absolutely. that. We say that now they're going to come back and end up winning the NFC South. Yeah, they're going to beat us. Shithole division they play. <laughs> <on>. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyways, uh, but we're going to get our, our official opening takes on the board in just a second. But as a reminder, uh, we want to let you know that if you're a fan of this show and a fan of this podcast, to uh, give us a shout, give us a follow on Twitter. What's the handle there, Melissa? At TitletownCast. TitletownCast. Uh, give us a follow. We both run it, so whatever. You, you get know what you get. To you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but share it out on social media. Hit us, a, hit us up on Twitter, and uh, we'll get in some tweet beef with you. It'll be great. Uh, all right. Opening take. Opening take, I thought. One, two, three, go. 
that uh, obviously a great win, and I think you can't underplay the Brady role in it. He is a 40-year-old quarterback. So, you know, you were talking at the beginning of episode one about this potentially being Brady's last year. I think the way he played on Sunday would indicate this might not be his last year. If he can keep up that high level, you know, it's hard to imagine him going out, whether it's on top or not. Looking at the way they came back and kind of the changes that they clearly made in the offense, you wonder, you know, what was the kind of driving force behind that? Was it Brady? Was it his talk about accountability and everyone needing to show up and play? Um, was it McDaniels had a better game plan? Was it just a crap defense? You know, Saints suck more than yeah, the Chiefs did. And I think that's part of it. But certainly you could tell people were there to play. They, To your point, they came out hot. They were firing from drive one. They never let their foot off the gas. You know, and it just, you could feel kind of that Brady energy and drive yeah, pushing focus, them all forward. For sure. Yeah. I think it's. The, I don't no, think he no smiled. He didn't smile yeah. once the whole time. Yeah, no, I don't that think he pissed had... me off in that week one game where he ran across the line of scrimmage and, and got called back on the forward pass and he like they yeah. showed him on the replay and he was smiling and I was like, no, you don't, you don't smile. Yeah, you don't smile when you're down. I want to see sour puss, angry Brady, <laughs> yelling, scowly Brady. I haven't eaten sugar in six years. Brady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, best. <laughs> I go a day and I'm like ready to rip someone's face off. Um. Yeah, but I thought he looked great. I, You know, there was a lot of talk going into the game about only having three wide receivers. Mm. Who needs a wide receiver? You got a couple tight ends. Yeah, you got a tight end, some great running backs, catching balls. Uh, when Burkhead caught that first touchdown, I was like, there you go. I mean, that was That's a, a, that was a freaking beautiful pass. Yeah. That was that was a gem. That's why you have the greatest of all time. That's right? why. Because he That's can... Why throw a laser to anybody I mean, he's he's made that i i feel like they've that's a play that they've run before where they like get the get the running back on the linebacker and they send them down the field and i mean i remember seeing that you know they tried that play to james white a million times over the years and brandon bolden before that and like all these all these patriots running back and they, they always like that matchup and it just it doesn't always work that well but that one was yeah that was a perfect pass in a perfect i mean burke got the sort of separation at the very very end that was that was a beautiful yeah beautiful thing. I, you know i think separation is maybe a good word if we buzzword were to define this game is like what made them successful it was separation you saw brady had time in the pocket he was able to stand there and wait for kind of the receiver or his target in this case to make the break yeah yeah. (laughs) to free themselves up so that they were available and and where he needed them to be yeah i think real quick another thing too is that you know we made a joke about the receivers like you know pass catcher would be the the (laughs) word i could use but like you know like you just said they went into the game with three wide receivers healthy chris hogan at one point limped off the field i know he came back but um, even towards the end of the game, was it Dorset? Dorset was in the freaking blue yeah, tent. He got... Went to the blue tent. Never a good sign. But yeah, I mean, I, I I was actually a little bit confident in the amount of Patriots pass catchers, not necessarily wide receivers, but you know, the, nobody on that roster can't catch. Yeah, a better, much better way to say that is everyone on the <laughs> roster can catch. Um, where you know between the running backs and the tight ends and the receivers, and I mean if they're freaking throwing it to James Devlin and he's hauling it in like he's a yeah. full, you know, it's a fullback for Christ's sakes. Yeah, where like you know I think that's good, you know that's good in terms of their drafting and who they pick from other teams. It's like Brady's gonna put it on you, so just catch the freaking thing. Is that's he, let's just catch it. It's the epitome of next man up. Right, like your wide receivers go down, fine. Who's gonna be Great. the ball Great. catcher now? I mean, it, like it, someone's gonna do it. 
who's it going to be? Right. And you're going to earn yourself plays and snaps if you can be the guy that, yeah, pulls it in and can mm-hmm. make that good sideline catch. You get that separation, if you will. Boom. Yeah. And it's, and it's you know, I you know that Brady's going to put it on you. So it's either going to hit you in the hands. Yeah. You know, like Scott Chandler a couple years ago. It's just like, <laughs> like he's got pizza paddles. Chest bounces in that game, though. A few times it was right in the yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not going to bat a ground. thousand, but... You know, I was I was confident in their you know in their ability to compensate for some of those losses. I mean, yeah. there there is a point where they're not going to be able to do it. Brady had a couple of other really notable mental plays, I think, at the game too. Tell us about those that were big uh, separators. I'm going to go with um, really hammering that buzzword. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going for it. It's this is like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, and the word of the day is separation. Uh, or Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's what it was. I gotta get my facts straight. I don't know. <laughs> I was rolling with Mr. Rogers. Now I'm doubting your whole existence. No, I think smart play. He recognized that the Saints had 12 men on the field because was it Monte Teo was slow, just loafing off the field, it. just getting catfished off, and he throws, just chucks a pass, and everyone's like, "The hell are you doing?" And then it is right there, right there, talking to the ref, letting him know they had 12 men, they had 12 men, count them, do it. And, and he was right. And he's the only person that clearly noticed it. The, like that yeah. cannot be overstated. He was the only person. There's 20, well, there's 23, I guess, yeah. with the 12th guy. There's 23 players on the field, th- three or four refs. Yeah. The freaking guys in the boot. The, he was the only person on the field that yeah. knew that they had 12 guys. Yeah. And and the, he snaps the ball, and the offense doesn't know what the hell's yeah, going on. He like, chucks up this stupid pass. At the time, I was freaking out. It was an even, interception. I didn't even watch the game in real time. I'm watching after the fact, <laughs> and I was like, what? What are you doing? You're doing this wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. What the hell was that? Uh, Romo's yeah, freaking out. Him. He's like, I don't know how to handle this situation. Uh, anyways, yeah, only guy on the field that knew it. It was, yeah. it was incredible. It was insane to watch. In the replay, when you realize what happened, you see the interception. Everyone is at home screaming at their TV. I'm swearing a blue streak. The fuck are you doing? Get off the field. It's Jimmy G time. What you know? <laughs> you look old. You're old. What? Someone throw a strawberry at you? What are you doing? Come on, move. And then, sure enough, aren't I the fool? Because there's 12 people oh, we out all there. Are. Yeah, it's and it's you know, it's it's insane the level of focus he has, his ability to count that fast is that a weird thing to be i'm honestly impressed by by his ability to count to 12 very quickly so fast (laughs) there's a lot of moving parts out there i would be able to do it anyway um i do it i find myself when watching games sometimes when like players are just too bunched up yeah i'm like i think they have too many men and then i start to count and then they always tap the ball and i'm too slow and it's like well jesus christ i can't even do it from the comfort of my own living room and i'm not doing anything else under center yeah exactly he's calling a play moving people around and then it's like Oh, also, there's too many men. So oh, yeah. Here. By the way, hype. Chuck it Fuck up. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so impressive game for the Patriots. Impressive game for Brady specifically. There was that play. There was the awareness of the the last Minus second scrimmage. field goal. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. And chronologically, it was the Chris Hogan gets called for the offensive pass interference. Refs throw the flag. Brady goes in lobbies with the refs and they pick it up. They yep. pick up the flag. He knew yep. that it was within the one yard buffer within the line of scrimmage and Hogan was allowed to sort of rub him. How demoralizing must that have been for a Saints fan to see that happen, by the way? Yeah. Just be like, oh, like he's, so Tom Brady's refing this game too? Like he's not only <laughs> the opposing quarter, he's also the ref? Great. Well, I mean, he wasn't wrong, so it's hard to, to argue watch, with Just to watch the ref go pick up the flag and like put it back into his pocket and just like walk back. I, forget, must, I would be forget losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> How do you feel if you're that ref? Oh like, God! Oh, oh, you're just you're just emasculated. I was, I was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry sir. Yeah. 
Please don't yell at me again. <laughs> we'll get it. Can you still sign that ball for me? After the game? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. My kids will be next to the tunnel. Okay. okay no. Yeah. We'll so between like that and then the awareness of getting the field goal unit onto the field, uh, it was, yeah, a statement game for the Patriots. And I think as Patriots fans and Patriots viewers, we can all sort of reset and, and, take a little bit of a deep breath because yeah. now they look like who we expected them to look like and who they looked like for the better part of the last two decades. You know, like this is, that was a recognizable Patriots performance where they come off of a bad loss, go into someone else's building and blow doors and look confident and stay in control of that game and make some great plays. And some of which were of a physical nature, some of which were just good coaching, yeah. good awareness. Um, and they look great. Yeah. My take. Oh yeah. Give it to me. Jesus. If I have any time left. Oh, I'm very important. <laughs> uh, Steven Gostowski. Gostkowski. Yeah. The, yeah. Unimpressed. The Polish guy. Got Not it. impressed. Yeah. I wasn't impressed last year in the Super Bowl where he missed the PAT. And I'm just general. I'm not psyched about it. He misses a point after attempt in this game. And even the, even the kicks that he made, they seemed off. They seemed forced. They were within, I don't know, 10 feet of the of the uh, goalposts each time, like I, I I don't know about this guy. I feel like at least the Patriots need to pick up some kicker off the street just to let him know that that, it, yeah. that you don't just have this job for life, Stephen. Because right now they don't have a backup kicker. They don't have anybody on their roster that can that can do this job. So I at least want him to feel some heat, right? Like is that crazy? Also, I think he sucks. I think he's gonna blow. <laughs> I think he's gonna. I think it's gonna come back to bite him. It has come back to bite him. The reason they had to get three freaking two-point conversions in the Super Bowl last year is partially because Guskowski misses a freaking point after. Chip shot. In a dome! Yeah, that, I, you know, that's the part that's concerning is, like, he's missing point afters in a dome. In There's a dome. no elements. Unless Zero. The, unless the Saints are just, like, blowing wind in. No, which, no like, wind. Beyonce Wouldn't put fans. it past him. Wouldn't yeah. put it past him. <laughs> but I don't, I mean, even the Saints kicker, though, kind of shanked one off the uprights. Yeah, but I don't care if he point. sucks. And that was a long field goal. Yeah, I know we don't care if he sucks, but you wonder, like, what the hell is going on? Like, is there a systemic kicking problem in the NFL? Like, are kickers just not soft as good as they used to be? Well, yeah, even softer than they I were think before? ever since they moved the moved the point afters back, I think absolutely. And I don't have the data right in front of me to support it, so you're just gonna have to take my freaking word for it. But yeah, absolutely, fine. I mean, the 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 amount of missed attempts has gone way up oh and it's not because the kick is any more difficult it's like what 10 yards back from where it used to be it's the same freaking thing it's just between their ears but i think that kaskowski is absolutely he's just he's not what he was and i just you know i look at what how like tom brady's career trajectory and how he looked in 2009 10 11 and then how he looked after the team drafted jimmy garoppolo with a high second round pick and then all of a sudden he has somebody breathing down his neck and then Unlike any other, what, at that time, 36, 37-year-old quarterback before him, he starts to get better. Yeah. You know, that's when we start hearing about the freaking avocado ice cream and the pliability and the no strawberries and all that stuff, where it's like he got a little kick in the ass from the team and he he began to perform better, Um, much to the delight of Patriots fans. (laughs) Much to the chagrin of Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Totally. But I mean, I think at the least the Patriots should pick just pick somebody up. Get get Steven Guskowski to screw his head on right. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. I, I mean, I guess is that where you're with the injuries racking up and kind of what you're looking at with people little nagging injuries here and there. Like, are you going to waste a roster spot on an extra kicker? 
are you saying you put him on the practice squad? I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, know. I don't know. There's a lot of kick practice. This would be a classic like, Bill Belichick. F- go draft someone who's like a long snapper, who can kick, who can also like play special teams. He can like block punts or something like that. I mean, That's if you like, could... Go find that guy. Get one of these Rutgers <laughs> he, he, guys. He played lacrosse. He wasn't even a football Oh, yeah, player. even better. Chris go Hogan find, knows him. Tell him to call up his some, buddy. like, yeah, some... Uh, what's that one called? Whatever. They just need to some get, la- get someone needs, off the street. Some... Yeah. Some, some lax bro. Some lax bro Show who up can in his, boot. like, Sperry's and... Yeah, get some European... Get some Euro soccer guy. Oh, now you're talking. Who's the toughest guy on the revs? They blow. Oh, boy. The coach? <laughs> I'm not... Some guy in the stands? Huh, that's my opening take. I think Stephen Guskowski is rattled. Uh, y- yeah, I I think it is a good point. I think it's something to keep an eye on. And you're right; it isn't a one game anomaly. That is something that we noticed last year. I can remember having that same conversation with my father and my brother. Like, the fuck, this guy has one job, and he kind of sucks at it. And like, totally. thought our whole mantra was do your job. Like, <clears throat> this guy's the epitome of not doing your job. Uh, all right. So that's it for opening takes. Uh, Melissa, tell everybody about. Our guest. Oh, our guest this week. Very excited. We have Mike Sarge Riley, who's going to join us, talk about his thoughts on week two um, in this Patriots season. That is right. Mike Sarge Riley from 98.5 The Sports Hub and WBZ Radio 1030 is going to call us right about now. So we're going to stop bullshitting and get to the interview. Hope you enjoy. All right, so we are uh, joined now by Mike Riley from 98.5 The Sports Hub, as well as WBZ Radio 1030. What's going on, Sarge? Hey, I am well, Craig. How are you? Doing pretty well, doing pretty well. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I hope you don't uh, drive off the road or anything like that. (laughs) Stay focused. (laughs) 10 and 2. I am driving, but that's okay, and uh, you guys are uh, keeping me focused here. I'm excited to talk some sports with you. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, the idea is we're, we're going to try to ask you questions that you're probably pondering anyway, so it's just good to get it out <laughs> loud, you know? Sounds good. All right, so tell us your thoughts. How how important was it that the Pats bounced back the way they did after uh, such a tough week one loss at home to the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, that, that was a huge win. Um, over the Saints on Sunday, and to, to, Tom Brady has never started 0-2 uh, in his career, and the fact that that could have happened would be so unorthodox, especially coming into the season with the expectations so high for the Patriots. So that was a huge win there. I, I thought everybody seemed to gel for the most part. So very early, but it, it was a total 180 from what we saw in that on that Thursday night season opener against the Chiefs, the offense had a much better game plan. Total night and day from the the opener. You know, Brady was actually making good connections with the receivers. It's just the problem is, I know we'll talk about it at some point with the uh, the injuries and so forth. But everybody seemed to be on the same page, and it clicked, and it worked. The the, the level of execution, Brady, four hundred forty seven yards, forty years old. Everybody was a little concerned about that in the first game. Okay, yeah. now he's over the hill here. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. It, it was a really big win. It's a lot better being 1-1 one and one than 0-2. Oh Absolutely. Yeah, we talked a lot about, about that, too. That's a, a big difference in the streets, 1-1 one and one versus an 0-2 oh start to a season. Uh, when you think about the game, do you feel like the biggest improvement was in offense, uh, defense, coaching, Brady? Like, What do you ascribe most of that win to? 
Yeah, I mean, all around, but I, I put the offense right at the top there. Like I said, you know, Brady was making good connections with Rob Gronkowski up until he got hurt. You know, even Rex Burkhead at the beginning, too, in that first quarter, he was starting to explode. I, I think we would have seen a, a good game for Brandon Cooks, but he got shut down by that uh, rookie cornerback. I'm blanking on his name. But make a long story short, I think that would have been – an outbreak of a game for him, and I think it will come eventually. But the offense, so Josh McDaniels, credit to him, turning things around completely. The defense, too, not taking anything away from them. I mean, they gave up 42 points in the season opener and to only give up 20 this time around in, in a win at New Orleans in the Superdome, which traditionally has not been an easy place for any road team to play. That's a credit to them, too. But overall, you can't. You got to go with the offense being, you know, at the top of the report card. They're all around, and it's because of Tom Brady. You know, he, he played out of his mind. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Brady looked great. He was like the Brady of old again. Yep. You. You mentioned Cooks though, and he was kind yep. of absent from the game. And it's like two games in. I get early in the season. Just to follow up, a little off script here. Do you think he needs to start having a bigger impact? And is there something that they should be looking at now to get him more involved in the offense? Yeah, you know, then that's a good question because I think Cooks is going to have, he could have a good outbreak of a game here coming up on Sunday against the Houston Texans because we don't know what the status of uh, Gronk is going to be. We don't know what the status of even Philip Dorsetto got hurt uh, will be. And, and now this might be his time to shine right here. Not worried about him yet. Not even a quarter of the way through. Maybe after that, if he doesn't start to click, then I'd be a little concerned here. Um, if you remember last year, too, Malcolm Mitchell was a rookie. He didn't even start to click with Brady until, like, middle of the season, and then he earned Brady's trust right there. It, it's probably going to take time. It's a work in progress, just like anything, especially when you're jumping onto the team for the first time and playing with, with a guy of the caliber, Tom Brady. But also, you don't want to put all the pressure on Cooks here, too, for that matter, because we don't even know what the Amendola status, too. Uh, the concussion situation, and, and, and then to have all fingers pointed at Brandon Cooks to be the guy, I don't think it's fair to him right away in a situation like this. But that's the, uh, the other opposite spectrum of it, where it kind of will be a lot of pressure on him. So... Speaking of his role, uh, yep. and just in general, the the health you mentioned, Amendola, the health of the Patriots receiving core. It seemed like again on Sunday there was a lot of, you know, not season enders or anything too crazy, but a lot of little tweaks and little injuries again this week. Uh, is there one of those injuries that you're uh, particularly concerned about uh, on the offensive side or defensive side of the ball? Yeah, all right, so the offense, I'm going to start with uh, the, the obvious one is Rob Gronkowski with that, the groin injury. And even if you heard his comments today, he didn't specifically rule out that he would not be playing on Sunday. So you got to keep that in mind there. You just need to have him healthy a good 13, 14 weeks of the year. That's just a gimme now at this point without Julian Edelman there. So I think that's at the top of it. But an underrated one, I, and I know I touched on this when Melissa asked me the question there a few minutes ago, Rex Burkhead, he started to really explode, I thought, in that first quarter yesterday, and then all of a sudden he goes out. I thought this would be the chance for him to kind of be that catalyst of the offense, if you will, with the absence of Julian Edelman this year. 
you know, we don't realize, we, we really underappreciated how much the offense was built around him. And now that he's out, a guy like Burkett could have taken the ball by the horns there yesterday. So that is an underrated injury in my book right there. And then for the defense, I think a lot of people are underestimating how serious Dante Hightower's knee injury is because I'm not. he's already <laughs> I'm terrified. Yeah, you are too. <laughs> I mean, you know, if he's going to uh Dr. James Andrews this week with that report from ESPN, that's typically the uh, the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Uh, James Andrews on that. So I think you have to really keep an eye on that here. If he goes down, then we could have a serious question mark, you know? Yes, sir. Um, so looking at the defensive side of the ball and thinking about injuries, Eric Rowe also got a little dinged up in the game. Yep. And it's interesting that he was starting because you wonder kind of what do you think's going on with Malcolm Butler? He didn't start. He hasn't looked great even when he has had a chance to get in there. Right. I think that just really hasn't played well. His preseason wasn't really hot. And unfortunately, last year, coming on the heels of, or two years ago, rather, coming on the heels of the the game-winning interception in Super Bowl 49, and now where we heard the hearsay that he wasn't happy about the Stephon Gilmore signing during the offseason, where Gilmore is making a, a boatload more than Malcolm Butler, the writing is on the wall for him to be out of town this year. And I, I, I think that you could see, in fact, I, I think we will see a repeat of a trade like last year with Jamie Collins being traded midseason, where you're going to see that happen with Malcolm Butler traded hmm. midseason uh, before the trade deadline. So it just something is not, the screws, the dots don't connect on this one. It doesn't make sense. It's strange. I mean, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like effort, right? Like he's such an effort player and he has such a motor that I, right. I would think that someone who's disgruntled by contract negotiations would just be slapping it out there. And it's you know, it's you're right. It, it is. It is a. It's a. It's a conundrum. Yeah, yeah. And, and Malcolm Butler is is considered one of the top cornerbacks in the league. And here he is on the sidelines. Like, what's going on here? I, I, I really think the writing is on the wall that he will be traded. Yeesh. Yeah, by, by the trade deadline, maybe even before. Yeah, who needs a defense? <laughs> who, they don't have a defense anyway. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, yeah, but I, I think they'll they'll find a way to they'll, they'll make a trade for someone else or they'll, they'll work something out. But there's got to be something behind the scenes if he's not starting in that game. That's just my speculation. So... I, I hot take right there. I know we live in the hot take world, and Love a lot it. of my colleagues use that term. Yeah, I, I really hate that term. I hate it. I'm sorry, Felger, uh, but we, uh, we, we, you know, he'll be out of here by uh, middle of the season. He may not even be in the Patriots by middle of the season. Lock it in. Yeah, lock it in. Yeah, we'll lock play, it in, we'll, kids. Lock we'll it play in. A breaking news sounder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking to Mike Sarge Riley from 98.5 The Sports Hub and WBZ Radio 1030, and we have one more question for you, Sarge, and that is... Do the Texans <laughs> even stand a chance next week? Uh, no, so they gave the Pats a tough time last year. They're, you know, notoriously a pretty good team. They, like the Patriots, had a bad week one, came back week two. You know, what are your predictions look ahead for next week, and how do you think they uh, play against the Texans? Well, you know, this is a team, in fact, both of these teams know each other pretty well. That playoff game last year and even the regular season game last year with Jacoby Brissett starting. Tale of two games, though, as Houston play, outplayed the Patriots in that first half of that divisional playoff game there. Another thing to look at, too, Houston coming off a Thursday night game, a little extra rest there. I think that's key, and I think that showed big time 
and the Patriots went over the Saints yesterday because the Saints played Monday Night Football last week. So I think that is big in favor of the Texans there. What it is big for the Patriots, so yeah, they're in Foxborough. You can't count them out. You cannot count out the Texans. I don't think anyone's counting anybody out coming to Foxborough now, or any team for that matter, after what we saw week one with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, you know, I, I would not rule out a Houston Texans win on Sunday. Um, in fact, I think it's going to be a, a real challenge for the Patriots, considering what we saw week one with Kansas City coming into Foxborough, not being afraid of that at all. I think there's going to be a hard, a harder game than people think it may be uh, on Sunday here. Yeah. yeah. All right, we've got a tough game prediction. No trouncings up in here. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a ball game. That's why they play the game any given Sunday, kids. Right. That's true. That's true. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarge. Uh, once again, we've been talking to Mark Sarge Riley from 98.5 The Sports Hub and WBZ Radio 1030. We appreciate you coming on, my friend, and hope to do it again sometime soon. Guys, thank you very much. Can you do me a quick favor, though, if you don't mind? Sure. Of course. Just uh, if you could put your right hand up at your uh, right eyelid at a 45-degree angle and give We're yourself that really sign. There you go. You get today's Sarge salute of the day right there, Wow. Kids. Wow. That- yep. Wow. I'm going to be feeling that all week. I'm going to be feeling that all week. (laughs) Thank you very much, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thanks a lot, guys. Take it easy. Thanks very much. Okay, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Title Town. Hopefully you liked what you heard, and if you did, please give us a rating on iTunes. Hashtag five stars only. That's right. And uh, you can also tweet at us. We are at TitletownCast. Give us a follow. Tell all your friends. And once again, thank you to our guest, Mike Sarge Riley. We really appreciate him joining us. We will see you next week. Yeah.